You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. No, they're on their own. I was on my own, they're on their own. <laughs> no. But do you feel like they're... Of course. I mean, these, these are easy guys to work with. Trey's one of my favorite rookies I've ever had. Makes it easy, um, you know, coming to work with him. And about a month ago, he came up and said, I'm going to ask you at least one question every single day and learn something from you, you know, whether it's football, something about life, whatever. I'm going to make sure I ask you something every day. And he's been on it. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Let's go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Very nice right there. That's a hell of an intro for one Vinny Bonsignor who joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time. And you heard coming back the question you asked the Devontae Adams about the young guys and learning from the young guys. And very complimentary of Trey Tucker, man. What do you thought about what Devontae had to say about Trey? Yeah, and uh, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Devontae says that about Trey. Uh, then Nate Hobbs uh, is talking glowingly, really, about Jacoby or Jacorian um, uh, Bennett, you know, the young cornerback from Maryland. I'm writing right now about, you know, four rookies that have a chance to make a real impact uh, on the field on Sunday, including Michael Mayer. And he's like, hey, that's why they brought me in here, to make an impact. You know, and so it's a very important me to make an impact, uh, along with, you know, the coaches and everything like that. So, um you know, uh, absolutely, Trey's caught Devontae's eye, which that's a pretty important eye to catch. And we know uh, Devontae Adams. He's not just going to, you know, give give up the compliments like that. For him to say, this is one of my favorite rookies that I've ever been around, that says something. But what it, what it speaks to even more, when you start getting to know some of these guys, there are some really impressive rookies in this class. It's a nine-player class. Uh, I think that you're going to probably see uh, almost half of that group make an impact on, on Sunday. You know, I wanted to ask you about Trey and, and what do you think, uh, how you think the Raiders use him on Sunday, especially since uh, DeAndre Carter's been on the injury report the last couple of days. Yeah, I think that you're going to probably see him in a lot of different ways. I think they're going to take some shots downfield uh, with him or at least send him on some of those routes to kind of free things up for everybody else. I think you're, you're probably going to see them hand it to him, pitch it to him, throw it to him on screens, flat patterns. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways that uh, that, that he can be used. And, and talking to Jaco- um, uh, Jacoby Myers today about how when he looks around and he sees all these different weapons and how all these w- different weapons can be can be used, even for somebody like that, it's pretty exciting. So I think a guy like Trey Tucker fits right into that category. Uh, you know, what I do, what I find fascinating about this wide receiver group, which is the deepest by far uh, that we've that we've covered here with the Raiders here in Las Vegas, is just a different type of skill set that you you know you got J- uh, Jacoby Myers kind of a smooth operator type of a type of a wide receiver you got Hunter Renfro and everything he does Devante that goes without saying but then you have a Trey Tucker kind of a weapon more of a weapon than just a wide receiver same with DeAndre Carter um, and Christian Wilkerson the young guy uh, this there's a lot of intrigue about this wide receiver room and a lot of different ways for the Raiders to attack opponents. I'm glad you brought up Jacoby Myers as the smooth operator. I like that. But uh, <laughs> but no, you, you brought him up, and he's a guy that I don't think we're talking about enough. We talk about 17, but we don't talk about 16. And he's a guy that just finds a way to get open. His words, not mine. How do you think that he fits in in this offense? Like, Can he end up being a Jimmy G security blanket? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think that he's going to fit like a glove uh, in this offense. He just sort of has a way about him, and uh, you know, during training camp when we were watching there on the sidelines on those hot days in, in Henderson, mm-hmm. you know, there would be, there's 16, there's 16 again, there's 16 again. Just doing things, not, 
kind of quietly, but but effectively and efficiently. And I think that that's what this offense is sort of uh, all about. There's going to be a lot of there's there's explosiveness without question. Devontae Adams uh, is a walking time bomb in a, in, a, in the best possible sense. You know, you can right. take it to the house uh, from wherever. But you also have these Swiss Army knives. You have these efficient kind of quiet guys that are going to you know keep moving the chains like a Jacoby Myers. Um, you have the the sort of you know short burst and, and explosiveness of a of a Trey Tucker and a and a DeAndre Carter and a Michael Mayer everything that he brings so it's, it really is a very interesting collection uh, of talent but to answer your original question no I don't think that we're talking about him enough and I, I went up and, and and talked to him today and then all of a sudden you know this big swarm uh, you know followed and he just started laughing because uh, he looked at the at the at the big crowd like okay this is what it's kind of all, all about here in Vegas. Uh, which was cool with him, but uh, but just hearing him talk and hearing him talk about the other wide receivers in a very complimentary way and how all these pieces are going to fit, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited just to see that from the Raiders. What that what that actually looks like looks like how it's all going to fit together. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Another guy that you talked to in the locker room was Hunter Renfro, and we all know and he knows that he had a disappointing year, year one under Josh McDaniels. Uh, he sounds like it. We played it on the air already. Sounds like he's motivated. He's fired up. He's ready to come back and show what he could do this year. What kind of sense and, you know, even body language did you get from Hunter in the locker room earlier? Great. And that, that's, been, that's been kind of consistent in the times that I've seen him. You know, whether it was in Dallas or, or here in the locker room the last couple of days, uh, just somebody that looks like uh, he's ready to go out there and have some fun. And, you know, health plays uh, a big role in that. You know, um, we try to stress this all the time. Uh, Q, I know you, you guys do it well, but when you don't have your health, I mean, just think about being in pain everyday life. That's not mm-hmm. something that you want to be, uh, you know, having to deal with every day. But imagine, imagine having that, um, you know, playing a professional sport and still trying to go out there and play knowing that you're in pain and knowing that it's really kind of holding you back. And that's not an excuse. That's a reality of the situation. So I think he's in a really good place mentally because he feels good. His body uh, feels good uh, again and finally after, after the kind of year that he went through last year. So I think in terms of his spirit, in terms of his health, everything is lining up for him. And I think that he's ready to get out there and kind of put it back all together in a way that I know Raider fans know that he knows uh, how, uh, you know, know how he can play. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, I asked a question earlier about new player to the team, whether it's a rookie, a guy that came in as a free agent that Raider Nation's fired up to talk or see on Sunday. And for me, it was Jaco- it was Jacoby Myers. It was Jacorian Bennett. What do you expect to see from Jacorian out there? Uh, you know, I think I think uh, somebody that's not going to be too – the moment's not going to be too big for him. He just sort of has a way about him when you talk to him. A really smart, intelligent guy, and again, Nate Hobbs kind of brought that up as as, as well. Um, he, he just sort of gets it, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so mm-hmm. I think that he's going to go out there and handle uh, things professionally and, and efficiently. I mean, it's not going to always go well. You know how it goes with cornerbacks; you're going to get beat. That's just the way. That's just the way it goes. But I think um, I, I I feel like for for a rookie to win a starting job, and we're all kind of assuming that he's going to be that cornerback opposite Marcus uh, Peters. That's a pretty big deal. They didn't just give him that job. There's other options. There's other players on this team. There's other veterans that they could have turned to. So if it if it is the case in Denver that he rolls out there as a starter, to me that says something because this group doesn't just hand out a job. And that was one of the things I wrote about, or I'm, I am writing about with this with this rookie class. You know, we talked about the four uh, that that figure to contribute. You know, in years past. Sometimes it was out of necessity that the Raiders had to roll rookies out there, not necessarily by merit. You kind of 
you know, I know talking to coaches, you're just kind of hoping and praying that it's going to go all right. It didn't always. We know that. But I think with this group, they've been impressive from day one, and I think they've earned their place. Uh, don't know what that means right now for a Byron Young or a Nessa Jade Silvera uh, in terms of Sunday um, or Christopher Smith. They might be on a little bit more of a, um, you know, a development track for, for later on down the season, but that's fine. It just means that there's other players right now that they can rely on and, and lean on. Uh, uh, their, their futures are bright right now uh, as well. But those four that we talked about, I think, are going to be a big part of the team moving forward and, and, and immediately, uh, for that matter. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Rough. They spent a lot of time in the Raiders locker room earlier today, talked to a lot of different players, including Josh Jacobs. You guys had a pretty lengthy conversation with RB1. Sounds like he's ready to get out there, but he doesn't know what kind of usage he's going to have, what kind of pitch count he's going to be on. So uh, what kind of split do you think uh, is going to be in line for uh, Jacobs and maybe Zamir White on Sunday? That's a great question. I'm going to say if, if things are going good for the Raiders, um, I'm going to say 2010. Yeah, I'll say 2010. Right. I like. I, I, think I love that. Like I was thinking getting, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I think getting it to about 30 carries because if you look at it, last year and I, I did some uh, you know digging into this. Last year, Josh Jacobs had what 340 carries, um, mm-hmm. but and that was a lot. I think it might have led the league in terms of individual backs. But when you look at how many times the Raiders actually ran the ball. As a team, they were way middle of the pack, or maybe even a little bit lower than middle of the pack. I don't necessarily think that that's where they want to be. I think they could reduce Josh's usage, increase others, uh, the use of others, including Zamir White, and get back into that top 10, maybe, of, of rushing attempts. I think that if you're in that world, you're probably doing pretty well offensively uh, because you're able to run the ball and run clock and, and control games. Um, not necessarily just with one player, but with a, a, a you know some more a more of a group of guys. But but yeah, going into into Sunday, I can see if, it, if it's going well. I mean, if they get behind, then everything goes out the window. But if they're controlling the game, uh, twenty ten uh, sounds like a pretty good number to me. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think that they need to try to run the ball about 30 times if possible. We know Jimmy G is so successful when he has a strong run game, and we know the Raiders have an ability to have a really good run game behind Josh Jacobs, especially against Denver. He has a ton of success against the Broncos. Now, Vinny, I've been waiting to get onto the defensive side of things for the most part because if I talk defense, i got to leave with Chandler Jones, and I know we haven't heard anything publicly about what's going on with him. Is there anything else that you're hearing? Uh, there was more social media posts last night, and I just – I was like, man, I hope this is this this situation for Chandler just as a man uh, works out okay. Yeah, uh, and I think that's where everybody is right now. Uh, to answer the, the first, first question, no, there's 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 been no update. Uh, I don't expect anything um, really, maybe anytime soon. I don't know what what that necessarily means, uh, but not imminently, like not today or tomorrow or or maybe even this week. Uh, I think first and foremost, <clears throat> Chandler Jones needs to get right. Um, you know, like he needs to, obviously something's going on. We don't know what that is, and it's tough to even speculate about it. But, I mean, you could read between the lines, and, and there's something that's going on. And I think first and foremost, that just needs to get taken care of. And I think this organization is doing everything that they can to make sure, you know, that that happens. And I see a lot of people on social media cut them, wave them. You know, there's, there's, there's no need to have to do that right now. There's mechanisms. Um, you know, in place, an NFI list, somewhere where you could put him right now um, and not necessarily, you know, he wouldn't cut, count against the roster spot, 
but you're not also just kind of kicking them to the curb. You know, maybe there is some help that's needed right now. And I think the, the, the right thing to do might be just to, to help them and not just, you know, turn your back on them. So we'll see where it all goes. That's just me talking. I don't know anything right. um, in terms of what exactly they're dealing with. But, um, but it sure seems like, um, you know, they're, they're trying to take the proper steps to make sure that, uh, that he's okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, for anyone that's talking about just cut him, release him, oh, he can't do this, he can't do that, man, I'll tell you, it's 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 a cold world out there, right? I mean, that could end up being, if they were to move on from him and just cut him or release him, that could be the worst thing for him, the man. Again, not the football player, the man, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. if if anything, he might need to be closer to some people at this point. Um, what what did you see as far as the locker room? I know you did what you're responsibly for, you know, responsible for, which is ask questions. You asked a couple of the players about, you know, the whole situation. What is what was the vibe that you got from them when you were asking? Um, you know, uh, uh, trying to separate or, or doing a good job of separating the human side from you know what their task at hand is, and that's to go out there and win a football game uh, on, on Sunday and. and you know, there is a level um, just in, in, in life in general. You know, if, if, if mm-hmm. a co-worker, if you're a construction worker and a co-worker is going through, you know, something off the, uh, off the, off the work site, you care about that person without question. You want it the best for that person. But guess what? you got to show up to the work site the next yeah. day and yeah. do your job because that's what you get paid to do. That's, you have your own responsibilities, your own family, um, all of those things. So, uh, you know, on one hand, everybody in that, in that locker room cares about Chandler Jones. On the other, everybody in that locker room understands there's a big old game coming up on Sunday, and they need to give that the utmost respect and the utmost focus. Um, and that's not a wrong thing. That's just human. That's just how we all have to live our lives sometimes. It's unfortunate, uh, but that's the reality of life. And I think that they're doing a good job of understanding the human side and wanting the best for him. And I'm sure guys are reaching out to him to, to help to whatever extent that they can. But at the same time, when they walk through uh, the doors here in Henderson, it's all about the Denver Broncos and trying to go win a football game on Sunday. So with all that being said, as far as what goes on on the football field on Sunday, Tyree Wilson, Matt, uh, Malcolm Koontz, do you think those guys get a little bit more uh, you know, time on task just because maybe there's a void there without Chandler Jones? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any question. And uh, you know, talking to Tyree, who's really a cool dude, um, getting to know him a little bit. Uh, so far, um, I think he's ready for this moment. I think Malcolm Coons, you know, really excited for, for Malcolm. You know, he's gone through some ups and downs. We know this, uh, Q, you've been around professional sports a long time as well. Uh, not everybody's clock operates on the same timeline. Sometimes uh, somebody's clock gets working the right way uh, a little bit later than some others, and that's okay. Um, he's still a young player. I mean, my goodness, what is he going to year three? Uh, and there still is potential. I always go back and look at the, the film in Buffalo and say, there's something there. I can play football. This guy can get after the quarterback. Is this the year now with a with an opportunity for him to really carve out a role for himself? And I think Tyree's physical um, talents and what he brings to the table was on full display in that Dallas game. I mean, in just a few plays, he showed you what he's capable of doing and what all the hoopla was all about. Now he's just got to put it together, and that's going to take some time, uh, obviously. But but I think that there's something there with Tyree and, and, and with Malcolm. And uh, the, the, the issue is, the thing is, of it all, you know, they were, they were probably planning on bringing Tyree along a little slowly, kind of as the understudy um, mm-hmm. Chandler Jones for, for multiple reasons. One, coming off the injury. Two, he's a rookie. You don't want to put too much on his, on his plate. But 
looks like Chandler's not going to play on Sunday. So, so as a result, Tyree's role goes from understudy to maybe more of a leading man, and he's just going to have to uh, respond to that. That's how it works sometimes, and sometimes you as a player can't control it either. Uh, life sometimes steps in and circumstance steps in, whether it's injuries or whatever. Um, and now it's the, you know, the, the spotlight's on you talking to Tyree about that. He understands that, and he understands it is a next man uh, mentality going on, and uh, he appears ready for that. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here. It's Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Final question for you, and it comes from our text line, the BrodontBeBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r from the 707. Uh, he said, if you have time, can you ask Vinny what he thinks about winning time on HBO this season? Probably my favorite show on TV right now. So, Vinny, what are your thoughts on winning time? Something that you were a part of. Yes, uh, absolutely. And um, I'm not too ashamed to say I haven't seen it yet because – Training camp is, is a real thing, and the NFL <laughs> is a real thing, and, and doing this is a real thing. And, uh, and I, I would imagine now that we're doing some traveling with the, uh, you know, with the season in Denver, I'm probably going to be sitting in a hotel room, and that's where I'm going to watch it, and I can't wait. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what. Don't be ashamed, man. I haven't seen Hard Knocks. I didn't see Quarterback. I didn't see – I ain't seen nothing, man. And when I do go to a movie, I fall asleep. So I ain't worth nothing. So don't feel don't feel bad at all, my man. You'll be good to go. We're, we're on the same uh, wavelength. Cute. See? That's what I'm talking about. I'm Hey, I am not ashamed of all. I'll tell, I'll tell everybody. I will fall asleep in a movie very quickly. So uh, you mentioned earlier what you were working on. What are you writing on again so we can pay attention to? Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's uh, this this rookie class is uh, getting set for their up close and personal and, and debut, and and I really think that there's a good chance that four of those rookies, out of earning their their spots, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in the rotation, whether it's the starting role like a Jacorian or potentially a Michael Mayer, um, they're 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 ready for their moment on on Sunday. And I think for the first time in a long time, uh, Raider Nation should, should feel pretty comfortable and confident. Uh, about a rookie class making a positive impact in a, in a uh, in across the board, not just one or two guys, but but multiple players that I think are going to be uh, impactful players here. I'll tell you what, it'd be nice to see, nice to see a big class for the Raiders just go out there and really dominate. So, uh, Vinny, uh, the season gets is here, right? It gets underway on Sunday in Denver. You'll be there. Uh, thanks so much for everything, including the sound that you sent from the locker room. That was great. We got a lot of it on the air. We definitely appreciate you. Absolutely, can't wait and uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Will do, will do. There he goes, Vinny Bonsignor. Great stuff right there. Extended time right there with Vinny. I just felt like there was so much to talk about defensively and offensively and really wanted to kind of lean into the Chandler Jones stuff towards the end of the uh, the interview just because, again, it's been something that's been a hot topic and a lot of folks been talking about. I really wanted to get more of the team in before I uh, deep dove into Chandler Jones, knowing that there's not a whole lot to update. And, again, just one of those situations that uh, I pray for the man. I pray for the person that he is in a in an okay place, and and if you don't, then that's your prerogative. But that's not how I get down. That's not how I roll. I've been uh, very, as a matter of fact, from the very jump when this whole thing started, and I'll stay the exact same way until this whole thing is said and done, and and whatever explanation rolls out. But many thanks to Vinny for giving us a few minutes of his time. Let's go ahead before we take a quick break. Let's go out to the phone lines at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. We got winning on the way, but let's talk to our guy, gangster, gangster, gangster Raider. What's on your mind? What's happening, Q? Chilling, you know man, chilling. I think this is going to be a coming-out party for us, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody got us under the radar, and for some reason they think Sean Payton is going to take the field and make the Broncos so much better, Super Bowl contenders and all this. But I see a utter blowout, you know what I'm saying? I, I remember the, um, them two um, 
massacres in Denver, the Denver Massacre 1 and 2, I think this is going to be part three. I predict 45-9 is my prediction. You know what I'm saying? And I think player of the game is going to be Josh Jacobs and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo is going to have multiple touchdowns. I think he's going to have at least three or four, and Josh Jacobs is going to have at least two. Them two combined are going to be the two players of the game. And I predict multiple turnovers on defense. I don't know whether it's going to be um, sack fumbles or interceptions, but I predict at least three turnovers on defense. And it's going to be a coming out party. Now watch the whole narrative flip about um, us only winning so many games. Watch. After we come out and beat Denver, then after we show up, and I believe we're going to beat Buffalo too, but like you say, one game at a time. But once we beat Denver, watch how the narrative flip. And everybody come um, talking about, oh, the Raiders are a sleeper team. Nobody this. Nobody saw the Raiders coming. We saw the Raiders coming. And also, Denver asked to play us. I heard they lobbied to play us. If you want the Raiders, we're going to give them the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? You go, you, you get what you asked for. You come looking for us, you found us. You're going to mess around and find out. All right, I'm gone. Gangster Raider. <laughs> Hey, thanks for the call. Mess around and find out. Mess around and find out. Why don't you? <laughs> right? No, that's that's real. And it's so funny that that conversation has popped up so many times. And all of a sudden, as of late, you know, a couple of people have tried to push back and say, "Oh no, I don't think that that happened." I was uh, pretty sure it did. But yeah, that's that's uh that's pretty funny. And and we'll see what happens. Like I, I don't know the style of the game. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout this that, and the other. But I will say this. Just say Gangster Raider was spot on and, and it was a blowout. Just imagine that. You know, the narrative wouldn't be changed if the Raiders are a sleeper team on Monday. You know what the narrative would be? And I BS you not. Oh, well, the Raiders aren't, or the, the Broncos aren't very good anyway. The Broncos aren't a very good team. Look at all, Russell Wilson is a problem. Look at all the work Sean Payton's got to do. Where's the talent on the team? That's the narrative that would change. With quick, fast, and hurry, everyone would be talking about how bad the Broncos were. It wouldn't be a lick to uh, at all. They wouldn't give a damn about what the Raiders did. They would just say, well, you know, the Broncos, they're, they're not a very good team. They only won five games last year. What did you expect them to do, come out week one and, and beat their, their division rival that, by the way, has beat them six times in a row? That stat that only we talk about would be talked about here in this building on Monday, right? <laughs> on Unsportsmanlike, right, with Evan Cohen and Chris Canty and, and Michelle Smallman, they would, one of the first conversations would be like, well, the Raiders now beat them seven times in a row. Of course they have, right, instead of – Anything else that's been going on, the narrative now, that's that's the conversation that would change. But thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. I, I'd love to see him beat up on, on Denver week one, man. You want to talk about get the nation fired up. What does JT with the brick always say? Raider Nation, unite! <laughs> right? <laughs> he wouldn't have to say that at all. <laughs> that would be just similar to what I said before, Ari. If that were to happen, if the Raiders were to beat up on Denver like Greg's the Raider just said, we'd literally walk in the studio on Monday and be like, welcome in to Unnecessary Roughness. 702-365-9200. This is the opening drive. Let's go. And the phone lines will light up. <laughs> that's, I think so. That's how the show would go. That's exactly how I'd write it up. Our rundown wouldn't have anything but calls and texts, calls and texts, calls and texts, calls and texts, break, calls and texts, calls and texts, calls. I mean, literally, Ed Graney, calls and texts, calls and texts. I mean, that, that's how it would go if there was a beatdown like that on Sunday in Denver. Let's, let's get one more quick call in real quick. Let's go out to Denver. Talk to our guy, Raider Dave. Welcome to the show, Raider Dave. Hey, man. How are you doing? People turning orange. They're drinking the Gatorade out here so bad, so bad the donkey aid. It is just <laughs> sick. It is sick. They're bagging on McDaniels about taking all of his uh, old habits and uh, manipulating players and, like, attaching that to Jones. And It's just so sad. 
you know, if it wasn't such a bad team, radio around here wouldn't be so darn entertaining. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, oh, and here's another thing you and I haven't caught. Man, you fall asleep in a theater, too? Oh, yeah. We, you and I work like five jobs, man. No wonder you can't keep your eyes open in a dark place. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's the way it rolls, man. Hey, you know, I want to point out that this time is the first season in a few years that the Raiders have started seven returning people instead of bringing seven new people in. I really think that McGlinchey's going to have a hard time, even if he gets a chip help from any back or tight end, to go against Crosby. Crosby seems so motivated this year, and I think it's going to be tough. Now, I really think the Raiders are going to get four sacks to be team sacks. I don't think Crosby's going to get all of them, but, man, I would love it if he did. But on the other side, I'm not sure how much you know Jones is going to play or Wilson is going to play, but Garrett Bowles has been known for holding calls forever. And can you imagine how many he would get going against Wilson if Wilson wow. gets 10 snaps? Yep. Man, it is going to be a drive killer. And if they get the, sho- the shove and the push up in the middle of it and playing two linebackers and nickel uh, backs, I-, I really wonder if that center of the field is going to be open for, uh, for Wilson to slither out and run to. Because I think, I think JT is right. That's the only way we really see that they could have success and maybe win this game is if Wilson runs for his life. Mm-hmm. But. I think it's going to be four sacks. I agree with OG. It's going to be, uh, you know, at least two turnovers. And as far as the offense goes, you know, the thing that McDaniels, you know, I think in the back of his mind didn't do a good enough job to, which you alluded to earlier when you made that, that, uh, that mad sound of him saying we need to step on people's necks and go for the knockout, is second-half adjustments. I mean, they had a 17-0 lead against Kansas City, a 20-0 lead against the Ra- against the the Cardinals and those second half adjustments didn't throttle anybody. Mm-hmm. But if they can look at how Hooper is playing on the backside on a play that goes to the left and Hooper's on the right, they can go ahead and bring in Myers later in the game and run him instead of Hooper and totally change the focus on the way that this offense could go ahead and obliterate them in the middle of their defense. I don't think that their linebackers are all that improved. I know their defensive line is not all that improved, and goodness gracious, their offensive line is not all that improved on yeah. in Denver. So 27-17, if it's close at all, I really think that this is going to be something that you're exactly right. People come in, they won't give the Raiders any credit. It'll all be about how Denver, like, well, they're, they're new, they got Peyton, they need to have a few more games to start off, and wah, wah, wah. And yep. I don't care if we win or lose, your phone number is going to be lit up at Raider Nation Radio <laughs> on Monday. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, great call, man. Raider Dave and Denver, appreciate the call. It's always good to hear from you. And, yeah, that's that's the thing about it. And there's there's a few areas of the Raiders' you know defense in particular that's a concern. Uh, obviously, the middle of the field has always been wide open for a while. Uh, you know, And, of course, you got to be able to contain Russell Wilson. This is going to definitely be one of my keys to victory. We'll talk keys to victory tomorrow on the show. But this will definitely be one of my keys. You have to be able to rush the passer, but you also have to be able to have contain. You have to stay disciplined. You cannot, if you do not contain the quarterback and you do not stay in your lane, he's going to do the same thing Will Greer did against Tyree Wilson in uh, that preseason game number three in Dallas. You know, and, and that's a learning uh, moment for Tyree Wilson. I hope that he realizes what he did wrong. So when he's out there, a guy like Russell Wilson who can run better than Will Greer doesn't take advantage of him. You cannot lose contain. 
you have to have that discipline where you're able to keep that little pocket, kind of keep them corralled in, in there so the interior could push and the, um, the edges can, can, can collapse the pocket. That's what you got to do. You got to keep them in that pocket. Uh, if you let them get out, uh, it's all, it's, it's just all bad, right? So, uh, you, you can't do that because you don't want to, uh, you don't ever want to want to let him get get loose and start running like that. But great stuff, great calls. Uh, we'll keep those calls and texts coming. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Dombybroke dot com. Text line six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R. We got that on the way. Oh, winning on the way. All right, you want to you want to get some winning away? You had that look on your face. How about we hook up uh, two tickets to the Aces and the Phoenix Mercury this Sunday at noon? Fan appreciation game. You want to go? We're gonna put you in the building, man. Two tickets right now. Call number nine seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. And trust, we've got more winning on the way as well. Comedian Nick Swartz, and we're gonna give tickets to those before the uh, the show is over as well. So right now, we're hooking up tickets to go see the Aces and the Phoenix Mercury. Call number nine seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. against the Broncos. Max Crosby has 11 sacks. The Broncos in full season don't have a 10-sack player since 2018. Crosby has 11 sacks in the eight games he's played the Broncos. Wilson gets the snap. Raiders bring a blitz. He takes up off the middle, and he's wrapped up from behind. Guess who? Max Crosby with the sack as he races over to the far sideline. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Zach Stevens talking about Max Crosby and the success he's had against the Denver Broncos. Then you hear Max Crosby with having success against the Denver Broncos right there. Uh, we've got to give a big shout-out to my guy, Drew. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see the Aces and the Mercury on Sunday. They've got two games left in their season. They're both against the Mercury. One's at the house, one's in Phoenix. So uh, hopefully they finish off the season strong, two wins, and they're the number one seed, and then they can start their uh, postseason run. So uh, that's what's up for the LV Aces. I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. This is from the 707. I not only fall asleep in a theater, I can't keep my eyes open at home on the couch during the movie, uh, starting about a third of the way in. You're not alone. Three-hour Raider game, wide awake. High blood pressure, put on a movie anywhere. It's the backside of my eyelids. That's from the 707. And Yeah, I'll tell you right now, uh, I don't know what it is, but you get me at the house, and I'll watch Law & Order SVU all day long, and I'll be wide awake. But you get me uh, uh, at the house and on, on the couch and watching some kind of movie or something, sooner rather than later, I'm falling asleep. I, I just am. And at the theater, it's a wrap. As soon as I'm done with the popcorn, I mean, no joke. It's, and, and I don't have to be done with the whole thing of popcorn. Just when I'm done with it. Like, okay, I've had enough for now. And I sit that, that, uh, that bowl down on the ground. It's a wrap. It doesn't, it doesn't take too long for me to all of a sudden fall asleep. And uh, we were watching the Equalizer. Or we were attempting to watch the Equalizer over the weekend. And Was it over the weekend? Yeah. Oh, it was on, must have been on Labor Day. No, I I flew on Labor Day. No, Saturday, Sunday. Clearly, you <laughs> it was slept one of those damn it. days. <laughs> you definitely slept through this. <laughs> I'm guessing, right, exactly. That's kinda, that tells you all you need to know is the fact that yeah, it was on Sunday because on Monday I did take off 
uh, to head where I'm at right now in Bristol, Connecticut. So, yeah, uh, Sunday we went to the theater right over there at the uh, GVR, Green Valley Ranch, to watch the movie. And, man, I'll tell you, it was it was a wrap. I was uh, I was I was done. So I don't I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you what time of the movie I I fell asleep in. I don't know. It's just one of those things that the movie theater, it is right. Every time I say, yeah, let's go to the movie. It's like, why? You're just going to fall asleep anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, let's see. You got a multi-text here from uh, Poncho. Uh, so what up, Q? Poncho here. I'm actually surprised at how excited I am for this game against the Broncos. I ain't going to lie. I was down during the offseason because of the moves being made. But with time, I've made a 180 turn. I'm excited to see what Bennett and Tyree could do. I'm hoping the D overall gets off the field on third and long. I want to see more breakup plays and just better overall football. I'm with you and not worried about the offense. I expect them to score as usual. As for the rivalry at the Broncos, I think it's not as big as it used to be. I think the real rivalry now is with the Chiefs. Can't stand them. That's uh, Raider Poncho right there uh, out the 209. Definitely appreciate you with that. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, and when he says that on there, Ari says, uh, uh, can't stand them. That what he said? It can't stand them? Yeah, can't stand them. All I could think of was one the Smasher. I can't stand them fools. <laughs> so Raider Poncho with the good one right there. But, uh, yeah, man, it's so funny that there's so many fan bases out there that don't like the, the Raiders and don't like Raider Nation. And that, that, to me, is really a testament to how great Raider Nation is, right, for everyone. And, and there's some fans that, I mean, they don't, they don't really matter, right? Like Houston, like the Texans. As much as I respect John McClain and the Texans, and I've got buddies that are season ticket holders to the Texans, they just welcome everybody in. They don't care, <laughs> right? They're just like, oh, that's cool. Like when I went to the the Texans game in Houston, it was Texans and Raiders. It was Trayvon Mullen's first start. They had just traded Garyon Conley to the Texans. We we pull into the parking lot, and there's Raider fans everywhere. Tailgate parties going on everywhere. And my buddy said, "Damn, I didn't know the Raiders traveled like that." And I was like, "I tried to tell you." And he was like, "Oh, that's cool." I wonder if they'll let me come to their, their tailgate. And I was like, well, I'm sure they won't mind. And so it was just so funny. It's just like, nah, they don't care. Maybe they're in, cause they're in Houston, but uh, you know, Texans fans, they're, they're not ones that, that are very aggressive. Uh, Pittsburgh. I remember being at that game uh, a couple years ago in Pittsburgh when uh, Henry Ruggs had that, that big touchdown catch late in the game that really separated them. That was a, a car to rug shot. Uh, that was a really good, uh, good play and, and a nice victory for the silver and black. But I remember, there being so many members of Raider Nation re- represented there. I remember there being a party the night before. I got in on Saturday night. I literally got in late Saturday night off the off the plane ride. I think I went to from Vegas. This is one of my all-day adventures, Ari. I went from Vegas early in the morning on Saturday, like 7 a.m., to Miami. Had like a two-hour layover in Miami and then flew to Pittsburgh just to get to that game, which is the weirdest roundabout way to get to Pittsburgh. But, okay, that was the, that was what I did. And getting in there late, and I remember so many people of Raider Nation hit me up like, you we're over here partying, and I don't remember where it was, but it was a massive party because, you know, I rolled by. <laughs> so I went by there just to check it out. Massive Raider party. It was unbelievable. I was like, dang, Raider Nation is really representing, and I know how well Raider Nation travels, but, you know, just to see uh, the fan base take over other other places, you know, and so I understand the frustration when you see a lot of fans in Allegiant Stadium, but, you know, Vegas is different than Pittsburgh. Vegas is way different than Houston. Vegas is way different than, you know, even even L.A. as far as I'm concerned. There's just, you know, people want to have an excuse to come to Vegas. So, you know, not only do they want to come to Vegas and hang out, but if their favorite football team is playing and they think they have a w- chance to win, they're definitely going to go fill up Allegiant Stadium. So, you know, the Raiders have to do their job in starting to discourage other fans coming to their stadium by winning. You know, I'm not saying that that's going to stop them completely, 
but it may make them think about it a little bit. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Definitely appreciate the text. Uh, let's get one quick call in real quick from uh, FedEx Raider from Denver. FedEx Raider, what's on your mind? What, oh, first question. First question, are you FedEx Express or are you FedEx Ground? I'm FedEx Express. Oh, okay. You all right? You got the you got the you got the nice truck with the AC. <laughs> yeah, you, hey, I got the AC blowing on me right now. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Hey, I'm, I'm just calling to say I'm excited about the the season, man. Uh, and I uh, man, I hope we smash them donkeys. Uh, man, I can't stand the fans out here. Uh, most of my my wife's family, all her side of the family, is uh, donkey fans. So I just can't stand the donkey so, I'm just hoping, hoping for a great season, man. I, I know everybody's kind of down on us, but we'll 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 get we'll get on track. Um, I know. Uh, I expect I expect the blowout, like like uh, what's the name? Gangster Raider said. Nice. I expect the blowout. I don't think the donkeys have have anything on us this year. All right, I like it. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Thanks for the call, man, and be safe out there in that uh, in that FedEx truck. Do what you got to do. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, it's funny. I um, I don't see the talent on Denver. I really don't. I just I don't see what everyone's so hyped up about. And I, I don't mean you. I'm just saying a lot of people are so hyped up about this uh this this Denver team. Like they they've got the the juice to go get it done. I just I don't see it. It it really like I said it really kind of surprises me and shocks me the way that so many people are sold on this team being a, a really good team as fast as they think that they're going to be a really good team. Now again, I do think that they're going to be better. I think that um, Sean Payton is going to do a good job with them and get them where he needs to get them at some point. I just don't think that some point is uh, is anytime near, right? And I sure don't think it's right now, but there's so many people that are uh, that are sold on that. So we'll see. We'll see, uh, you know, we'll see exactly what happens on Sunday, but I'm pretty fired up about that as well. And, yeah, I was FedEx ground. I was the, I was the green arrow. I was in the big truck that had no AC, and the only way that we got any kind of – air conditioner on us was to drive the truck really fast. And as you know, the truck don't go really fast. And oh, by the way, in Tulare, California, it was very, very hot out there. It wasn't like it was cold air that was blowing in the truck. It was blazing hot, but there's that. But that's my FedEx brother right there. So shout out to FedEx Raider out of Denver. Let's get one more quick call in. How about Raider Mac? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Raider Mac? What up, Q? What up? Q. Um, Yo. I I, I just want to say this, man. I I know we we gotta we can have ups and downs throughout the seat throughout the last twenty years. Um, I was kind of down a little bit because you gotta remember last year we were hyped. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, we were so hyped because everybody had. I mean, you had you had uh, Rich Eisen picking us to win the division. I mean, it, everything looked like it was in place, and we just fell flat on our face. But I, I I was kind of disappointed coming into the season. But you know, as the game get closer, I'm getting more fired up. And I'm, you know, I've been a Raider fan over forty some years, man. And I love that's my team. I'm a, whether we two and fourteen or or whatever our record is fourteen and two. I'm a, I'm gonna stick with my team. But here's the biggest thing, uh, Q, and I'll let you go. The biggest thing is that we just got to be even keel. And I, I'm like you. I don't see – I watched all the Denver Broncos preseason because I have family from Colorado, and I watched all their preseason games. I don't see – you know what they hyping is, is is not the team. They hyping the coach uh, mm-hmm. that he gonna turn in, he's going to turn that team around. But I don't care about them. My concern is that our front, our, our front four will, like they, the one caller called, Bowles, 
the the offensive lineman for Denver. Yeah, he's yep. going to be destroyed. He's not that good. And Q, last thing, hey, what? Why are they saying they said we don't travel well? If you, they just had a poll out as the best fans in the NFL traveled. They had the 49ers number one. Is that because we're losing steam in Vegas? Um, and all these fans are coming t- and we- these Raider fans are selling all their tickets away. Uh, I- I'll close out on that. Thanks, Q, and y'all doing a great job. Hey, thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And as far as uh, the fan base and travel, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's false. Anyone should know that Raider Nation travels really well. Uh, but, you know, I think, and I've had this argument with, I can't remember who I had this conversation with, uh, but somebody, matter of fact, it was here at the network. It was when I was doing a weekend show, and, and that's what they said is, Q, they don't. You don't even uh, hold it down in your own home stadium. And I said, Yeah, well, Vegas is a different ball game. Vegas is not, uh, you know, Raider Nation. Vegas doesn't represent everyone from Raider Nation. Vegas is still trying to get used to, you know, what is what it is to be cheering for an NFL team. So uh, I don't, I don't put that into the equation. But I, to answer your question, I know a lot of people do. And as far as Sean Payton goes, yeah, everyone's assuming that he's going to get that team turned around. I think they're going to be better. I do. I just don't think they're going to be better week one. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, one more quick call. Raider Ron, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q and Ari. Thanks a lot for uh, taking my call. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, just on uh, Chandler Jones, I, I dealt with some depression and, and mental health issues in my life. and But uh, all I've got to say is uh, prayers for uh, for Chandler Jones. But, yeah, um, I agree with that. And... Uh, just you know, I was uh, I live in Montana where uh, um, no matter what uh, games are on, it could have been could could have been a really important game between two teams. But it was always the, the late game was always Denver Broncos and somebody else. But so but uh, so I've been kind of a, a lifelong uh, I haven't liked the Denver Broncos much and stuff. So. Um, good luck to the Raiders. Hope we, uh, hope we beat them. And, uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you very much. Hey, great call, man. Great call. And yeah, I'm with you when it comes to Chandler Jones, man. I mean, um, you know, mental health is a real thing. I'm so much, I'm so glad that we actually have attention to it now where we didn't have it before. And we just thought that, oh man, that guy, he's out of his mind or that guy's weird or whatever. And to know that, no, these guys aren't weird. People aren't weird. They got things going on, and to realize that, I'm just glad that now people are are um, you know cautious of that and understanding of that. And that's that's again, I said it what two days ago when this whole thing started. Uh, I know we had people calling in angry about the situation. I was never angry about the situation. I was more concerned about the situation, as I think we all need to be and take a page out of your book, Raider Ron, and really just. Uh, send some prayers up for Chandler Jones and his family and hope that everyone's going to be all right because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. None of this matters, right? The Raiders could go 17-0. and That'd be fantastic. But, you know, if you don't have your health, if you don't have your your, your mentals and, and, and all that right, none of that stuff, none of that matters, right? Chandler Jones could be, and he is. I mean, he's rich. He's never going to have to worry about money. His family's not going to have to worry about money. But if he ain't got his mentals and everything and something's going on wrong there, None of that money matters, man. He, n- nothing. Nothing that he's got going on. Nothing he's achieved. 112 sacks, potential a Hall of Fame career. None of that matters. You've got to take care of upstairs. What's between the ears? You've got to be cautious of that. So good stuff. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your story, Raider Ron. We appreciate you. 447 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show. It's Radish Radio 920. It's time for a reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. <laughs> 
All right, Q, and a quick spoiler alert. I will not be hitting the uh, NCAA story that you were uh, very annoyed by. Just Good. Because you were really annoyed, so I already know what the answer is. There's no point. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the NCAA. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people would agree. I don't yeah. think you're wrong. I just, uh, no. you t- your tweet said it all, so I'm going to move on. So this is a fun one, a tweet from at Vegas Timing, and it simply says, This Sunday we will find out if Derek Carr was the problem with the Raiders last season or if McDaniels was the problem. So one game, one regular season game is going to fully prove this guy's theory with certainty, and no one else no. is at fault. No, terrible excuse. Terrible excuse. It's one <laughs> game. Carr had a nine-year career. McDaniels had a season. Like, do we have to point the finger and blame this person, that person, or the other? And I know that, yes, not we as in me and Ari, but yes, I know we in general have to. There's always, throughout the course of the year, we're going to get calls on, see this and see that. Mm -hmm. I knew this and I knew that. I I get it. Look, man, Carr is in New Orleans. He's worried about the Saints. Coach McDaniels is worried about trying to get the Raiders victories. That's all that, that matters to me. I'm not worried about last year and pointing the finger at last year and who did this, that, and the other. None of that matters. The Raiders won six games last year, so I don't care whose fault it was. You know, you know whose fault it was? The whole damn team. Because the whole damn team underperformed. Six wins is not enough. and shouldn't be acceptable. And I'm sure it's not. I'm sure everyone understands what the assignment is. So, yeah, well, I won't even spend a lot of time with that. Bad excuse, and we'll move on. Boom. Bears rookie second-round pick defensive tackle. That's your guy. Uh, Gervon Dexter, who played for the Gators, is suing Big League Advance Fund for a violation of Florida's NIL and agency statutes. Uh, Dexter wasn't aware of a clause in a bad NIL deal he signed. The alleged clause says that he'll owe 15% of his pre-tax NFL mm. earnings for 25 years for the wow. for $436,485. The NIL deal, he stands to lose a lot more. Um, No excuses. Like right. That's the one thing that, you know, when I was there covering Baylor... They, uh, they said that they have a, a department, a compliance department, that is separate from, you know, student-athlete compliance departments. There's one that's literally there for NIL. So if you have a potential deal, you take it to them. It's almost like your lawyer, right? You take it to them. You let them read the fine details, the fine print. Yeah, you got hustled. That's a, ba- that's a bad, bad hustle. But he got hustled, right? And, look, I, I know plenty of people, including myself, would probably jump at an opportunity to get it. What, four hundred something thousand dollars what you said? Uh yeah, four hundred and thirty six thousand. Yeah, if I'm a broke kid and I ain't never seen no money like that, oh four thirty six, sure. Sign away. And then all of a sudden, oh hey, by the way, Q, you owe me this amount of your money for the next twenty five years? That is ridiculous. Agreed. That is ridiculous. So that's gotta read that's the bad, hey, it's no excuse. That's a that's a reason. You've gotta you've got to make sure if you're not gonna read it, you better get somebody that will. Or else you're going to be in a bad situation like that. So I don't think that he's going to win that lawsuit, whatever the case may be. I doubt he's going to do that. Because, I mean, not knowing is not a proper answer. There you so, go. Got to read the labels, go. as the Wu-Tang's great Jizza once said. There you go. That's, hey, look, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's yeah, no. what I'm talking about. Great job, Ari. Great job. Uh, real quick, before we get up out of here, call number nine is what I'm looking for. I've got tickets on the way. I've got to make sure I get get it right whose tickets I have. <laughs> I got the comedian, right? Oh, yeah, Nick Swartzen. I got tickets to see his show September 9th and 10th. Oh, no, that's when they go on sale. That's when the tickets go on sale, so you can win them before you buy them. Uh, That's this weekend. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be at the Venetian Resort December 8th and 9th. We're going to put those tickets in your hand right now. Call number 9, 702-365-9200. Again, 702-365-9200. That's going to do it for us. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. See you tomorrow. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.